withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Allow me for the rest of the time that we have together to preach from the subject, He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Let me say it one more time. He is risen. There's no greater news to proclaim and share with all of you this morning that the man who Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who were mentioned in this portion of scripture read earlier uh, through a different book by Brother Dick, they were looking for was no longer there. The grave that they had went to visit had been disturbed. The man they went to see was no longer inside. The man that they had followed and revered for the last three years was nowhere to be found. They had before them an unexpected encounter. They had planned on confronting an unrisen Christ. If they only knew then what we know now. The meaning of Easter is Jesus Christ's victory over death. His resurrection symbolizes the eternal life that is granted to all who believe in him. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. The meaning of Easter also symbolizes the complete verification of all that Jesus preached and taught during his three-year ministry. If he had not risen from the dead, if he had merely died and not been resurrected, he would have been considered just another teacher or rabbi. However, his resurrection changed all of that. It changed the course of the world and gave final and irrefutable proof that he is really the Son of God and that he has conquered death once and for all. Jesus' resurrection proved that his death was an actual propitiation for sin and that the Father had accepted it as such. The cross was the payment, the resurrection the receipt, proving that the payment was fully accepted. This morning we will get the scoop from the eyewitness account from an angel of the Lord. But I would like for just a moment for us to travel back in time. I would like for us to consider then this thought. In the first verse of chapter 28, we see Mary Magdalene and the other Mary headed towards a tomb. In their minds, they weren't expecting to have seen a risen king. They were indeed expecting to see the tomb sealed and closed. They were indeed expecting to visit the grave of the man that they had just buried days ago. This very well could have been an innocent visit to pay their respects to the teacher and to their rabbi. States in verse 1 that these two women went to look at the tomb. These two supposed followers of Jesus Christ came to the tomb utilizing their wrong sense. How often do we come to worship with our eyes focused on the wrong object? 
Has the object of our worship ever been anything else other than the risen king? Mary and Mary trotted along towards this tomb with their minds, with their expectations, with their anticipation of reverence and worship aimed at the wrong object. An occupied tomb. They were not anticipating for this tomb to be vacant. Previously stated by Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 21, he warned and prepared his disciples for his coming, suffering, and his death. He explained to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. They didn't even possess the faith to believe. Third day has come, and Mary and Mary had failed to remember the warning of their teacher. If this was so, it seemed obvious that they had simply hung more on the idea rather than on the reality. Orthodoxy over doxology. So what did we come here for this morning? What did we come here looking for? Is the Christ that is in your heart still tucked away in the tomb? Or will, you, or will you proclaim this moment that he is risen? The angel of the Lord then came from heaven. He rolled back the stone and he sat on it, implying to the women the same exact question. For he knew what they were looking for. They were looking for Jesus, who was already crucified. Are the contents of your objective target of worship dead or are they alive? You can't worship anything that's dead. It must be alive. They have now confronted a failed expectation. Their senses were in overload. They had just realized that what they were looking for was no longer there. The angel of the Lord proclaims to them the good news, the gospel. It seemed Mary had neglected to update her newsfeed. The memo had not been received. The other Mary had forgotten to pick up this morning's newspaper. Table conversations were declaring. The headlines were buzzing and all other social media outlets were in a frenzy. The posts were reading, he is not here, he is risen. They had just heard what they did not expect to hear. They had just received word that Jesus, the one they were looking to mourn instead of worship, was not in the tomb, but had risen to resurrection life. Their faith had been established by eyesight. They thought to have been listening to what Jesus had said, but they had heard nothing. All along they were using the wrong sense. Notice at the end of verse 6, the angel saying, just as he said, Mary and Mary were exhibiting what can happen when we fail to hear. 
You though may have been listening, but you failed to hear. We hear not with our eyes, but with our ears, with our hearts, with our spirits. It took for the testimony, the eyewitness account of the angel of the Lord to finally convince them and to restore their faith and their senses. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the, word, hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Y'all yeah. are now hearing about Christ. I pray that some of your senses and your faith is being restored as we speak. Just an hour before, they thought everything was lost because they thought Jesus was dead concerning the women. Now they knew everything was gained because Jesus was alive. But Jesus wasn't simply raised from the dead. He was raised to continue his relationship with them. He was raised so that we could continue his relationship with us. The message to proclaim to one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, is that he is risen. The message to proclaim to the world as disciples is what verse 6 is all about. That Jesus Christ, our Lord, is not still laying in the tomb, but that he is risen. Can the church say, he is risen? In the beginning, the first thought was hanging on the idea of Jesus being in the tomb. Remember orthodoxy over doxology. Check this out. Instead of hanging on that failed idea, you'll see the women both later in verse 9. If you want, you can read this when you get home. You'll see the women both later in verse 9 hanging on to, or the Bible says, clasped onto the feet of their now risen king. They hung on the idea of Jesus being in the tomb. Now they hang onto the feet of a risen king. Their intended object of worship. Not the empty tomb, but a risen king. There's no empty worship here, but a spirit-filled praise. When we shift our object of worship from this mere idea to the now-proclaimed reality, we find ourselves running to tell the whole world the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, that Jesus isn't dead, but that he is risen. When we shift our senses, not using our physical strained eyesight, but rather our renewed spiritual eyes, our focus of worship is clear. We value more the object rather than the idea. Now we have doxology over orthodoxy. The angel showed them an empty tomb so that they could believe in what they could not see. 
The stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out. For John chapter 20 verse 19 tells us that Jesus in his resurrected body could pass through material barriers. He didn't even have to open the tomb. Jesus could have walked straight through it. Hmm. It was rolled away so that the others could see in and be persuaded that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The women were later grateful that the angel of the Lord told them to see the place where he lay. It would have been, should have been enough to merely hear the testimony of the angel. Nevertheless, when they saw it, it gave them ground to stand on even more solid than the testimony of an angel. Charles Spurgeon once said, one eyewitness is better than 20 earwitnesses. Men will believe what you have seen if they do not believe what you have heard. Men will believe what you have seen if they do not believe what you have heard. Later, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Let us all now, after the conclusion of this service, run in full speed to share and proclaim the clear message of the risen King. If this is the first time hearing this message of the risen King, I invite you in this moment to declare with your mouth and with your full heart that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And if you fully confess your sins unto him, you, my friend, are now saved. Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Quick survey. Do you believe this? Yes. Believe that he is risen. Believe that he is Lord. Then your eyes will be opened. Your heart will be warmed, and your life will be preserved. Let the risen Christ bring you new life. May the Almighty God, who possesses the same power to bring Christ to life, bring you into his ever-open arms and give you new life as well. May he also add an added blessing to his holy word. Amen. Amen. Please stand for the closing hymn. Thy be the glory, verses 1 and 2, found in your red hymnal, or 308.
I'll do the benediction. Uh, but instead of the post food being, uh, we will glorify the King of Kings being exalted, oh God. Uh, I want to try and sing that one that one song, uh, Stone, The Stone's Been Rolled Away. Well, no. it, it, can, can we close with that one? Yeah. Uh, Wait, I need, there you go. Yeah. I need to go in, huh? We need the PowerPoint up again, I guess. Can we do, as I'm doing the benediction, we'll do the PowerPoint. Uh, so just be ready. I encourage you that that, that, that that we rejoice, that we celebrate your song. It's also in your inserts. If you can't get the PowerPoint, it is in, um, in your bulletin as an insert. Um, so after I do the benediction, let's rock out. Dick, if you want to dance, brother, come up here and dance, man. If your heart feels stirred to clap, please clap. You want to shout a joy of hallelujah and amen? There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then stick around after that for Jamie's post loop. Sure. More attitude, yes. <laughs> now the benediction. Go in peace and the blessing of the ever-present God be upon you all. The power of the risen Christ be within you. And the wisdom and gentleness of the Holy Spirit surround and uplift you now and forevermore.